the Luminous Possibilities Podcast. We offer a diversity of perspectives from many fields of medicine, esoteric and ancient wisdom, and subtle energy, arts, and sciences. Find deeply fulfilling pathways for co-creating yourself, life, and human communities around you. Find inspiring attunements to your own optimal living roadmap, true authentic self, and the most radiant frequency for living life to the fullest. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Luminous Possibilities Podcast. I'm Keenan White, your host, co-host, and this is Dr. Amanda Hessel. She is a network chiropractor and self-love coach. Hi. How are you doing today, Amanda? I'm great. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So today I just want to introduce everybody to you and your beautiful self and all the amazing magical things you do each day of the week, I think, all all days, each day. (laughs) Every day. (laughs) Every day. And I've been coming to your office receiving network chiropractic work for maybe two or three months now. And it's been it's been a journey. It's been really fun. Um, I'm curious to learn a little bit more of like how you got into this work. And you know, you're you're pretty firm and sort of solid in your career, it seems. And so, how long have you been doing this for? And and what what got you into it? Was was there sort of like a turning point in your life where you were like? network chiropractic this is it for me or we're you know what happened before that Mm, nice so i've been doing this for about 10 years um and so i started i started my kind of professional career as an occupational therapist and really felt unsatisfied by the work that i was doing not that it wasn't helping people but it wasn't like my calling It wasn't what I was here to do. So pretty quickly, I decided to go back to school after I graduated. And I just kind of had this inkling, like I had a chiropractor when I was growing up and she was kind of like this crazy witch doctor. (laughs) And I was like, I don't know, but she, I don't know what she did, but she was really cool. So I was like, I think I want to do that. And so I got really into um, vitalism, which is the core foundation of chiropractic, the body's innate ability to heal itself. Um, And that innate, we call innate and universal intelligence in chiropractic. And Mm -hmm. really like the core basis of chiropractic is the reconnection of man to spirit. That was the basic tenets of chiropractic. And over time, it's, it's, it's you know, morphed and tried to fit more into the medical uh, model. Uh, and so people have come to know it as like, oh, I go to the chiropractor because something hurts or because I have back pain, which really was never actually um, the core chiropractic philosophy. Interesting. Uh-huh. It was all about removing any interference in the system, in the neural system from that larger connection that we are. Mm. This sort of like unity, consciousness, oneness, Mm -hmm. this idea that we are, we are love Mm -hmm. and we're all connected and there's not really any separation, you know, from me or really my mind, body, spirit, 
emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and really like, can, yeah, exactly. And connected to the larger and, mm-hmm. and through reestablishing that connection to the larger, then those aspects, the physicality, the emotional body, the mental bodies can have more resource or more energy. Mm. Yes. And it's, it's funny because we sort of, it seems like in society, we sort of operate in this way of like, if it's broken, I'm going to go fix it. And there's not as much, maybe there's not as much preventative care and people are really awakening, I think, to more of this, huh? Like maybe it's about maybe tweaking this like optimal way of living. And if I'm experiencing pain, then it's a way of tweaking that as well. It's not like allowing the pain to just be there ignore it push it away or hope it goes away and then and then eventually those kinds of conditions that end up being disease Mm -hmm. or disease in the body Mm -hmm. and then we want to fix it but we we sort of lost that original like initial like oh whoa it's just a feedback Mm -hmm. mechanism Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. my system and informing me that something's a little off or something's going out of balance yeah yeah and the tendency is to ignore those signals right Mm-hmm. And one of the beautiful things about network, which I can explain a little bit more in a few moments, but it, it really supports kind of waking up the subtle body, waking up the, the more energetic or the less, um, the less physical body. You know, we tend to identify with this form, right? Uh, and that's one of the things that really drew me into network was the waking up of that subtle body of the energetic body and having having ways and strategies within my nervous system to be able to access that level of myself Hmm. yeah and so yeah it's really a beautiful thing waking up this subtle body and so do you feel like do you have like kind of like a general take because i want to know a little bit more about what your perspective is like on the subtle body how you might define it and how that's fitting into kind of, you know, like a typical session. Um, But what what have you, what do you see in terms of a lot of people coming into your office and in terms of how they relate to the subtle body? Do they have an awareness of it? Well, yeah, a lot of people that I tend to attract into my office already typically have some type of um, opening or awareness into, oh, I'm more than I'm more than just this physical form. But not everybody, you know, there's a range that just tends to be who I attract are people that have um, been on a particular path that's opened them up beyond um, beyond just body mind. Mm-hmm. So So how does subtle body fit into the body mind? Because this is a term you use all the time, the mind body. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so how do you distinguish the subtle body between the mind body? Well, I guess... And here we are breaking things down, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're all the same, but... (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so the subtle body is just that more etheric body. I view it as, um, you know, there are a lot of layers to our system. Um, I kind of bring it back to maybe more of the network model because in the network, we don't really talk necessarily about subtle body, but we do have bodies that are subtler than the physical body. So there's first our dense physical body. And then around that, if we're talking about more energetically, then we've got our emotional body, like about, no, it's a little bit different for everybody, but you know, a few inches away from the skin. And then beyond that, we've got our lower mental body. So our lower mental body is that body that is um, the intelligence and the energy in that body, like 
organizes facts and details and um, structures things in boxes and that type of stuff. That's um, what most might think about as the mind, most the might, mental. Exactly, exactly. The kind of the lower mental is where a lot of, I believe the world kind of hangs out. It's sort of like, oh, that's kind of the plateau of what I know myself to be. And then beyond, the, beyond that, there's the upper mind. And so the upper mind is that, um, that larger organizer that can see the bigger picture or can put things together. It isn't so like black and white. Um, mm -hmm. It's not quite as linear as, as the, as the lower mind is. Sort of operating from more of a holistic synthesized lens. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like more of an Eagle view rather than mm. like just right looking at the piece of paper, right. Mm. That's in front of you. Um, and so that, you know, that field extends out from our physical body a few feet. And then beyond that, we've got what I would call our soul body. Um, and our soul body, uh, you know, a lot of people might relate that to that, to like the bliss body or mm -hmm. the love body, or um, the way I see it is that the intelligence and the energy in that body is that which guides us uh, beyond what our mind knows. You know, it's like mm -hmm. what a lot of spiritual seekers hunger for. They want to get to like, oh, I really want to be divinely guided, right? But they get so locked in those in those other levels of themselves mm. that um, sometimes it's hard to find connection to that. And then beyond that, we have our universal body, which is just like the one body that we all are, mm -hmm. um, which to me is locationless, just all pervasive. Right. And so one of the beautiful things about network is that there are, so first of all, I feel like I should back up. So network, <laughs> network is a chiropractic technique. It was created by Dr. Donald Epstein. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a very different than what most people think of as chiropractic. It's all done like from a technical aspect. It's all done through like little light, light touches. Um, and certain parts of the spine to really help um, to really help the system wake up to itself. That's really the overall intention is to, it's not to get rid of anything. It's not to fix anything. It's really to help increase awareness and, and create strategies and help strategies emerge through the system that allow it to make connection to more of itself. And what I mean by that is again, we're more than just the physicality. We're emote, we've got emotions, we've got, we've got thoughts, we've got soul and the strategies that develop through this care that emerge through the nervous system, allow people to have greater access to those bodies. Mm -hmm. So there's really a greater resourcing internally and from, and from self rather than looking outside of yourself mm -hmm. for something. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe looking for to another relationship or, a, you know, even a philosophy or anywhere outside of oneself. This is a way of really looking within. But then even that's a little, I feel, maybe not the most useful language because it, it's kind of like you're looking within. But then these, these bodies that we have, they're also expanded outside of the surface of our physical mm -hmm physical self. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a way, it's a way to, to, again, access more of ourselves. Like say, for example, somebody is kind of disconnected from their emotions, right? Like maybe they feel like, oh, I can't feel or 
or particularly men, right? Sometimes like, oh, my wife can feel, but I can't feel anything, right? Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty common. <laughs> so, um, which isn't true. We all have all these bodies, but some, some bodies get more reinforced, meaning they get more energy or they get more attention um, in our system. And so if your emotional body didn't get a lot of attention or it was compressed or be based on societal and um, familial structures that are in place that, that that body didn't really get the juice, right? So, so it's not that it's not there, it's just not quite as energized. And so one of the things that network can do is help bring energy into some of those bodies that aren't as energized. So people can mm -hmm. begin to say, for example, in this example, feel again, right? Um, or some people might have a really hard time with the lower mind. They might have a really hard time like, with attention, basic attention, organizing details, um, that kind of stuff where that body doesn't have a lot of energy. And so again, it, it, it really kind of comes down to energy <laughs> if we, if we want to make it really simple um, and helping support these bodies that don't have juice to juice them up. Yeah. Nice. That's a really good way to put it, I think. And it just kind of makes me think it's, it's where we place our attention and our awareness. And so you could be a really emotional being and be kind of like lost in that emo in a lot of the feels and like, I don't know what direction to take. And, and mm -hmm. so network. So you're, when you, if someone like that, or even the reverse, someone who's not in tune with their emotions comes into your office and you take it on your table, how do you approach that? Or what, what's the, the process as you begin to interact with their energy? Mm -hmm. um, well, it depends on a lot of factors. So, you know, I always start looking at just what we call a network, the basic um, subsystems. So I'm looking mm -hmm. at neural patterns, um, neural tension patterns or neural distortion patterns um, that get created when we can't um, process an experience. So say we have an experience in our life and we don't have the resources inside of ourselves to, to integrate that or feel it or experience it, right? This happens a lot when we're little. Um, so what happens is instead we develop these defenses. We, de we develop these ways, these strategies to, to get through it, but, but not actually experience it. Right. Mm -hmm. In the network, we call this um, defense posturing because we can see these patterns through our posture or through our physiology, defense physiology. So it's a state of um, protection or not being as um, as in much as much communication with your own system. It's kind of like you kind of like you wall off part of your experience so that you can still function. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when somebody comes in, that's sort of the first place I start is looking at, okay, well, what patterns are showing up? And each pattern um, has a different um, consciousness associated with it, right? So let's say, for example, somebody is, um, somebody's got a tension pattern, like right at the lower neck, right? Um, that's often connected with experiences of feeling betrayed or not being able to trust others and how it kind of gets locked into the physicality. So I'm looking for what, what patterns are showing up. And sometimes there's patterns that kind of sit on top of other patterns. Um, and then based on that information, uh, I, again, it's, I make these really gentle touches on certain parts of the spine that are called spinal gateways, which are 
like access points into the spine to help the brain pay attention to that location, right? Because when we have those experiences, the thing that our awareness wants to do is check out. So we have to help the system actually check back in to itself. And that's what those little touches do. And then over time, as people progress through care, the the like the actual application looks a little bit different like people start to stretch certain parts of their body and what that does is activates the emotional body so kind of coming back to where our example um of how do you get somebody to how do you get somebody to to find that body or what's how does the strategy emerge for that so there are different ways that the body starts to move um and kind of talk to itself that helps access those different bodies. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, because when I'm on the table, I'm sort of, you know, realizing, well, so far, and like, we'll see how it goes, because it, it's new for me. Um, but the the more I place attention in these different areas, and, the, and then the cues that you give me through your awareness, and having, you know, seen these different systems, and noticing the patterns that might be like present in my body. So there might be a cue that you just know to go with. And then I'm starting to just realize for me, um, the more that I'm placing attention within just in different areas of my spine and even kind of just bouncing back a little forth, um, like holding a little bit of the the attention in my upper neck and at the same time in my sacrum Mm -hmm. and sort of just activating more of what's there, the more that, that some of the pain that I've experienced dissipates and sometimes it, it, it actually gets bigger or it'll start to become more noticeable and then it starts to dissipate mm-hmm. um so you feel like that's generally a, a good like breadcrumb trail to follow yeah i mean there's lots of things that can happen you know so so sometimes they make those gentle touches and people feel uh just like more relaxed or more in their body that's usually how people start like Oh, the breath mm. becomes easier, right? Mm-hmm. So we start to turn on, we turn up the dial on the parasympathetic nervous system, that part that huh, it's able to rest, digest, heal, a little bit less attention on the sympathetic part of the nervous system. So that's kind of where people start. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, I mean, there's a range. So sometimes people will be really aware of the consciousness piece that is there too. Like I might make a contact, you know, make a gentle touch in the lower neck and all of a sudden this rage comes up or they feel angry and they don't even know why they feel angry type of thing, right? So they're starting to access that, the energy that's been bound up there in that part of the body as as it starts to, as, your, as their system starts to become more aware of that part. So, so yeah, so there can be a range. Sometimes it feels more easeful, particularly in the first couple of months I work with people. And then over time, there can be a whole range. You know, when we start mm. to activate a little bit more of the emotional body, um, it can be a different experience. Or sometimes when we're working more in the mental bodies, people might actually see, oh, I've been keeping myself, I've been keeping myself in this particular container and I could, didn't even really see that I was holding myself in this box. But then that awareness opens up of like, oh yeah, I see that box I'm holding myself in. Or they might have, um, they might have a connection with, with their soul. They might feel that energy and aliveness and that vitality or that, that pure wisdom and intelligence that just moves them. 
Um, <laughs> so yeah, there can be such a range that happens over time. Yeah, it's really an amazing, um, it's just such an amazing thing to receive. And so with chiropractic work, in order to become a network chiropractor, you've got to go through regular chiropractic school, mm -hmm. right? So is there a way you might distinguish the two? Because I think a lot of people go in and they think so structurally, at least I have, mm -hmm. like, okay, like I've got, maybe my spine's a little out of place. My vertebrae feels, you know, just a little off in my neck and I'm going to go get this adjustment. Mm -hmm. And then therefore I can have a, you know, better posture. Mm -hmm. um, and there's really a lot going on in network mm -hmm. and it's super subtle from my experience mm -hmm. and so there's this I, what I've, I've really loved about it is that i'm not necessarily seeing like a drastic result immediately but there's this cultivation of my own sort of creationship with my body to repattern in a way that i want to mm -hmm. and I, I think that's a um it's a really needed thing mm -hmm. in today's world because a lot of us still, I think, see this like quick fix thing. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, what, how, how would you, how would you yeah, speak to the... I love that. Yeah. So yeah, we are kind of like in a quick, a lot of people are kind of in a quick fix model, particularly people who maybe haven't done a lot of work with themselves or find themselves in a crisis and they're like, oh shit, <laughs> I've got to do something mm -hmm. about this right now. Right. Um, but, you know, healing isn't necessarily a quick fix, right? And changing patterns that have been in your system for 20, 30, 40, 50 years isn't usually like that, right? There's, it took 20, 30, 40 years to build that pattern in a particular way. So it's going to take the system learning new patterning. It's going to take a little repetition on a little time. Um, so yeah, so, you know, most people that come in to see me, some of, I mean, a handful of people are like in crisis, you know, like, oh, my back really hurts or this really hurts or this big thing is going on in my life. Um, but simultaneously with that, there, most of the people don't have an expectation that like, I'm going to fix them in three visits, right? Because I don't really at least me personally, and you can, you can practice network however you want to practice network, but I don't really practice it in a, in a fix it up type of model. I, I practice it more in a personal and spiritual growth model. So the people that I'm seeing are people who are, um, you know, looking to find the wisdom through what's showing up in their life and maybe it's manifesting through a symptom in the body, but they're, you know, it's, it's more of a, it's more of like, okay, what's life teaching me through this rather than like, oh, I've just got to get rid of this thing right now. So there's a different, there's a different awareness that people are, at least that come to see me are, mm. are, um, are operating from. So, does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, we're, we're kind of jumping around and, and it's been great, I think so far. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think one of the biggest things I, I found initially was just seeing wow like i you know i've got this pain going on in my sacrum and what is going on here like i'm tired of this thing and then i started to see like whoa it's it's my relationship to this pain not necessarily the pain mm -hmm. itself mm -hmm. and i was looking for like as a coach and astrologer i you know it's good to take your own medicine and <laughs> receive coaching and so it's been really um fulfilling receiving coaching at a level that's so multi-body integrated mm -hmm. you know because the the co the coaching um that uh, that we 
oftentimes can receive, I think, is intellectual. It's like where where we've been operating, and it's kind of nice to just sort of step into a, an environment where you do provide some coaching with this entrainment to a, a new energetic system um, in a way that's sort of, it's sort of just like stepping into a new way of being, at least that's been kind of my experience. Mm-hmm. Like maybe, maybe what if I just kind of drop some of the intellectual mm-hmm. and drop right into the body mm-hmm. and allow some of that to inform me. And so I, what I do I really appreciate, I appreciate about your work is that you're, you do, it's, it's a, it seems that network really nudges the person into their own empowerment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that was beautiful. So, yeah, you know, again, I mean, that kind of, that comes with it not being a fix it up model, right? It's like, well, if there isn't a thing outside me to fix me, then what? Right. And the only then what eventually has to become, well, wait a minute, this is my life and I'm in charge and really beginning to step into the driver's seat. And the way that I practice and not, again, not all network practitioners practice this way, but I do add an element of like a somatic coaching. Um, there's, there's a technique also that uh, Donnie Epstein created called somatorespiratory integration, which is a series of 12 consciousness exercises um, that are done through the body. So the intention behind those exercises is to create coherence between what stage of consciousness you're operating from and 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 your experience so i utilize those um, in my work as well and then also kind of add my own flair to to it to help really just help people discover their patterns like discover how they do their patterns through their body you know a lot of times we ent- we intellectually know oh yeah i keep avoiding x y and z or i keep running away from this or i keep doing the same pattern over and over but it kind of stays up here and part of what i what i do in my work is to help people actually connect well how does that show up here so we kind of we can kind of let the mind rest for a little while and actually tune into well what is what can i tune into here um in the body in the body here yeah yeah yeah, in the body sorry yes in the body um and the you know the body speaks a different language it speaks through sensation it speaks through movement it speaks through energy and breath it doesn't speak through words right and and so it is like learning a new language. Um, and it, in the beginning, it is really a discovery process of like, oh, how do I, how do I, how do I become more aware of myself so I can really like get that, oh yeah, I'm the one doing this pattern. And if I'm the one doing this pattern, that means that, oh, well, I'm actually the one in charge. And that moves us into the more of that self-empowerment piece of like, oh yeah, that's right. I can shift this. Actually, it's up to, it's only up to me to shift this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the one that has to shift this, right? Where before it felt like, oh gosh, I feel kind of like, I don't know what to do about this. Oh, I don't know. I just keep thinking the same thing over and over and nothing's changing. And I keep doing the same thing over and over and nothing's changing. <laughs> right? Sounds which, familiar, yeah. anyone? <laughs> yeah. It's just a pattern of like 85% of people yeah. are in. Which is all right. I mean, we, we, we've learned certain patterns in our culture from our parents and from our peers and um, and there's another way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's, that's what's being birthed, um, through at least a portion of the population. Yeah. I definitely wanted to ask you about the SRI because if, 
as I'm referring to the coaching that you do, it's, it's really the SRI. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So SRI stands for somatorespiratory integration. And again, like I was saying earlier, I use that kind of as a, I use those sessions kind of as a, I don't know, like this, like a whole bowl of things that I do. And I include those exercises when they seem relevant and important, but I also use it as a way to, um, as to, as to like help people reframe, um, illuminate, um, get a different perspective vantage point, which, you know, people would think probably more in the realm of coaching, right? In, in those ways, right. so. Right, yeah, I think coaching largely is creating new vantage points. Mm-hmm. And there, there's, it's so useful to use the, bring in the body and there's so much information and wisdom to receive from the body. I, I kind of see it as this sort of bridge, you know, to our soul mm-hmm. and to the heaven, you know, the more we go into this like earth, solid form we can sort of um bring an awareness that sort of connects us to spirit and soul um nice yeah yeah you know a lot of times again we tend to sort of live in our heads right we, we're sort of disembodied in that way right? yeah <laughs> like talking heads <laughs> um so so yeah that's one of the things i do love is like this capacity to be present i think that's really the juice of what connecting through the body does is it helps you be present and to me it's not it's not the ultimate goal isn't to be in this body because ultimately we're not we're everywhere right we're pure awareness we're all pervasive so we're not we're not actually just located here we have a reference point here but but what i but what i have found is that that coming in coming into and connecting with this with the physicality allows a certain restedness of our awareness that enables us to to actually expand that expand our awareness beyond uh, just the just this perspective location point yeah that's really really beautifully said yeah that's (laughs) it's amazing because it's it's not necessarily about just being in the body but just yeah like recognizing more of our multi-dimensionality uh-huh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got a dog in the room here. <laughs> yeah. And just realizing we're more than our body. We're more than our thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think people might be interested in maybe how you define healing because Donald Epstein, who he's who cre- he created the 12 stages of healing, which is sort of mm-hmm. like the foundation of network chiropractic. Is that correct? Well, the 12 stages of healing is actually separate from network chiropractic. So network and network is actually called network spinal or network spinal analysis. Mm. That's the actual official term of it. So he created two disciplines, network spinal analysis or network spinal, and then somatorespiratory integration. And so there's, they're, they're, it's kind of separate um, techniques, separate entities just created by the same person and network spinal analysis is the chiropractic piece. So matter respiratory integration is not chiropractic. Right. Awesome. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about the, the, um, the SRI and maybe we can get into the 12 stages. I'm going to pause this real quick for the dog. Yeah. So maybe we can, um, touch in a little bit because it was really useful for me to sort of see this overarching picture of these 12 stages of healing. Mm-hmm. And then I'd love to hear about your definition of healing because I, I think it's important to talk about that term. Mm. Um, because I think 
it, it's, it carries an interesting connotation currently and it's shifting. And I mean, however we define our language, you know, it's, it's always evolving. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think healing is sort of like, it, it sometimes carries the connotation of something is broken and I'm going to fix it. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to just reclaim that word back in a certain way and, and like use it in a way where, um, well, the root of healing, I, th- I think, is to make whole. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, even that language is kind of like, well, what place are you coming from that's not wholeness? Because we really are already whole. Mm-hmm. But if something is out of balance, then we're sort of rounding out the sharp edges and maybe we're, we're kind of pushing something over to experience more of the wholeness. Um, so anyways, how do you define healing? And, and can you talk about a, li- a little bit about those 12 stages? Yeah. So... Yeah, I love what you said. So yeah, healing is a return to wholeness, right? And um, I also think of it as a return to perfection, like the perfection that already is. Um, Yeah, I love that. Right, and because it's like, of course it already is, and we know that here, but healing process is the is the knowingness of that. It's not just the conceptual Mm. thinking, it's the like embodied knowing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Every single element of every single moment of every single breath of every single picture frame is totally perfect. Mm-hmm. Right? And so it, to me, that's, that would be, that would be the ultimate goal of, of remembrance. Yeah, it, it's kind of reminding me of this, maybe it was something you wrote in one of your weekly wellness articles, which are amazing. Um, around oh now i forget (laughs) (laughs) oh it was it's and this is so funny because i forget and then i'm having the moment of it in a certain way (laughs) where it's sort of like the things that happen in your life you know it's not necessarily about you it's not really a reflection of you it's it's oftentimes like things move through us Mm. and then they're happening and then so so many times we might identify with that Mm -hmm. to a point where you know, we sort of like lose ourselves in something that's not really us. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of um, Don, Don Miguel Ruiz, who did the four agreements. Mm. And one of them is not to take things personally. Mm. And like whatever someone is doing or is, something's happening or you may view it as it's happening to you. And this person does a thing mm-hmm. and it's like, why can't they? And it's, it's not personal. Mm-hmm. And so the reminder of that, I think, is... Uh Yeah, you know, it's because we have this this perception of separation, like there's a you and there's a me, right? Mm -hmm. And so things are happening to me or things are happening to you and they mean this or they mean that. And the more that we define things and the more that we label things, the more we create that separation or at least that perceived sense of separation. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was hoping you might return to what you were going to say earlier because you were sort of on a thread there. And we were talking about the 12 stages of healing and how, um, you know, it seems like you're ultimately the, there's a wholeness at that 12th stage. There's sort of like a unity or an experience. I, I kind of think about it as like samadhi, but I mean, and samadhi is a term in, in yoga that refers to an absorption into spirit. Mm-hmm. where there is there is no separation mm-hmm. the the witness the witnesser becomes the 
the seer becomes the the scene and and the seeing and it's all one mm-hmm. um but in the beginning so like how might you take us through a synopsis i mean it, it, yeah, it's I'll definitely it. it's an entire book yeah yeah so there's so the 12 stages are he- of healing are just like um they're just, they're just different states of being or different states of consciousness that people go through on a healing journey or on this journey to remembrance, this journey to remembering what they already are, right? We take this, we take this crazy incarnation and we forget everything. <laughs> no way. <laughs> just so that we can do this really fun thing called being human. <laughs> Learn some stuff along the way. Uh, hopefully be of service and, and then return. Uh, return and so, so the the twelve stages. The the first stage is called is called suffering, and so it, it's lear- it's beginning to learn, it's beginning to learn like when you're connected and when you're disconnected. It's like beginning to explore that range through this body, right? And a lot of times I have people start by just putting their hands on different parts of their body, and tuning dropping awareness into the body and noticing okay well what you know what's noticing the breath noticing the movement noticing sensation energy starting to get the the dialogue of the body um and so that first stage is is again it's like discovering like oh i might think i'm totally here in my head but actually i'm totally disconnected i'm not present at all I'm not even anywhere near my body, right? I have no idea what's going on, right? And so that can be, I think, probably one of the most powerful stages for people. And sometimes I'll spend the first six months I work with people just helping them with that stage. Um, and then and then from that stage, and I also say like, that's all. That's also the stage of like feeling powerless, feeling helpless, feeling, um, you know, like there's, there's just nothing you can do about anything. And it's always going to be that way, right? That's suffering, mm-hmm. um, total disempowerment, right? You're not even really having a sense of self yet. Mm. Um, stage two is it's called polarities. And that's about when we kind of get a little bit more energy in our system. So we're not completely suffering. We're not just like totally hopeless or helpless, but we start to think like, oh, this thing over here will be the answer. I'm going to go to see this healer, or I'm going to take this supplement, or I'm going to do this, this treatment, or I'm going to do this thing, right? And this is going to be the thing that's going to fix me, right? And we see this, I mean, our medical system is (laughs) rampant with this, right? This is like, this is the primary thing. Mm -hmm. And so we do this. And then at first it's like, oh, it's amazing. It's so amazing. And then two weeks later, a month later, you know, three months later, it's like, oh, that thing didn't really help me, right? Because it's, we're externalizing our power. So we're saying that thing out there is the thing that's going to fix me. Uh, and then the next stage of, con- of consciousness that we move to, if we move to it, some people go back into suffering and they'll just go helpless again. But if people actually bring a little more energy into their system, then they'll start to really feel the level of stuck that they are, right? This is when people feel really stuck, like, oh, I'm just so blocked. I'm so stuck. I can't move forward, right? I just keep doing this thing. And you you start to realize that you're the one kind of doing this thing over and over rather than it being something out there or something separate from you. It's like, wait, so that awareness of self actually starts to open up a little bit. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, wait, 
man, I'm really stuck. I just keep, <laughs> I keep seeing this in the same way. You know, it's like trying to like, what did Einstein say? Like solving the, solving a problem from the same level of consciousness. That's kind of like stage three. It's like, we just keep cycling. And it's we, insanity yeah, yeah. to try to do that. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's right. Exactly. Um, Seems like an inflection of empowerment because you're sort of like, oh wait, I am the creator here. So you're sort of claiming that part. It's, it's starting to come in. And so that stage four is that reclaiming of power. It's that reclaiming of like, okay, I keep doing that and I can't do that anymore. Like enough. And that's the first stage of, that's really the first stage of self showing up like a personal self, like a, there's a me here. Um, and, and, you know, you know, we talk a lot in spiritual circles about like getting rid of the ego or, um, uh, but we also actually have to develop one first to get rid of it. <laughs> a lot of times people will kind of try to jump from feeling from feeling victimized or feeling disempowered into like, oh, now I'm spiritual and I'm God. And we'll, they kind of do this jump back and forth. But one of the reasons that 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 jumping isn't sustainable is because they haven't actually transformed through. And so um, this piece of empowerment of self empowerment. Uh, and reclaiming our power and saying, okay, like enough of this, like, I'm not, I deserve more than this. That's stage four. It's like, I deserve more than this. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to keep, I'm not going to keep giving my power away out there. I'm not going to keep doing it. Like I got to stop that pattern. And so that's, there's a self-responsibility, a self-accountability, not a responsibility to fix everything and to others, but responsibility to self for self-standards for what it is that you desire sort of like holding a boundary for yourself exactly exactly yeah. holding the boundary for yourself this also corresponds to our lower mental body our lower mental intelligence so we can kind of we can bridge between network and sri these stages and the strategies that develop as people go through care too so um so people then move from stage four into stage five, where it's like, oh yeah, okay, I'm starting, I'm starting to see, I'm starting to see beyond the veil. I'm starting to see beyond the illusion of who and what I think I am, of these stories I've been living by, by these perspectives I've been living by. Um, a lot of times in stage five, people will actually kind of revisit a wound or revisit a patterning um, that they they were in but they have such a different perspective of it now and they can begin to see it in a different light without all the charge and without all the the triggering um mm. which then moves people into stage six and seven which are really like upper level transform stages of getting ready to really resolve a pattern once and for all. So stage six is called preparation for resolution and stage seven is resolution. So it's a complete clear out of a pattern in your system. And the ultimate stage seven would be a complete relinquishment of the personal sense of, sub, of a separate self. Um, but, but what I've noticed over time with people working with people is that we tend to not just do it all at once. We tend to move through different layers and patterns, um, yeah, over, so it's, over time. It's not really a linear thing because when we, mm -hmm. when we started, we sort of jumped in. Yeah. <laughs> we did like stage four. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be linear. Yeah. Yeah. So it's exactly not everybody's like has to start out at stage one or, um, I mean, we just start wherever you're at. And, and there's then, not really necessarily a goal to get to 12, right? It's not a, it's not a goal, right? I mean, eventually we, we will all, we all have the potential to touch every stage of consciousness. We, not everybody will in this lifetime, um, but they will over time. 
Because mm-hmm. um, it can be lifetimes of work to, to work through these patterns. It can be lifetimes of work, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so, yeah, so stage seven kind of marks the end of transformation. And then stages eight through 12, we call more awakening stages. So stage eight is after you discharge a pattern, after you resolve or you relinquish the pattern, there's just a sense of emptiness. There's a sense of like being connected within the emptiness. Um, And that opens up spaciousness. It opens up your awareness. That's where you start to become a little less localized, if you will. A little Mm -hmm. less like, oh, I'm just here in my body. Like, wait a minute, there's something more here. And that moves you into stage nine, which is called the light behind the form, which is like, oh, the recognition of like, oh, oh, there's like, oh, there's a subtle, there's a subtle body. There's, there's energy. There's, there's something beyond the physicality um, that I'm, that's waking up in my awareness and that, you know, we're not totally identified with it yet, but we're, we're recognizing that there's something more. And then stage 10 is, is that full kind of merging identity with God. So it's, um, it's that total shift of, of oneness. It's, it's the state that spiritual seekers are really trying to get to, like that state of knowing divinity, knowing yourself as. as yeah, perhaps that is Samadhi. Perhaps. I'm kind of just overlaying yeah, some yeah, of the yeah. other. <laughs> I don't know here. that languaging, so I, yeah. I can't tell you, but, but it sounds right. Um, and then, so stage 10 is called ascent, and then stage 11, 11 is called descent. So because we have these forms, you know, we can't, we can't necessarily just hang out there. I mean, we could, and some people, for some people that's relevant, right? Um, But for, and at some point that might be totally relevant for everybody, but for now there's, there's for a lot of people a relevance to be, to be here and to serve in a particular way. And so um, stage 11 is about, okay, now I know what I am. I know who I am and now, now I know how I serve and you, you serve through the knowingness of what you are. So it's not about like, Oh, I do this thing. I got to go to school and this is what I'm going to call myself. Right. It's like the knowingness of yourself is the service is the gift. And so that's stage 11 and stage 12 is called community, which is just that integration of that. And so I really think of stages 11 and 12 as more integrative um, rather than like, uh, I don't know, I mean, they are their own separate stages, but just like bringing it all together. So it's not like stage 12 is the highest. I guess people would probably think in stage, in terms of consciousness, stage 10 would actually kind of be the highest. But then there's like, okay, well, do I want to come back into this body and this <laughs> form and like be present here and do this thing that I'm doing? Or do I just want to transcend and and be with God? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. No, and either one's great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no, no good or bad necessarily, right? Right. Um, and like you said, there may be a, a certain relevance for that. Maybe the experience of being with God for a while is really great. Mm-hmm. And then, because it, it seems to me 11 and 12 are actually really more like, they're like the light, the living in the life out. Like mm-hmm. after you sort of like move past the the stuckness and the disempowerment or the the sense of I'm not a creator, I don't create things. Mm-hmm. Something is outside of me. 
and even feeling triggered about things, there's, it seems like maybe stage eight is there's a certain sense of neutrality there and like a spaciousness mm -hmm. of like, huh, mm -hmm. like, oh, mm -hmm. there's this, I'm not charged. I'm not looking for anything necessarily. And then, and then there's sort of like a, um, yeah, like a, an ascension into um, something beyond the personal. Yes, exactly. But it, it seems to me that 11 and 12 are really important, you know, yeah. because that's, that's kind of like, that's where our culture is sort of like mm -hmm. um, defined in a way. How are we showing up as ourselves, you know, and, and allowing that to be the service, like you said, it's really, it's really beautiful. Cause it's, um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a certain thing that I've ran in my system around if I do this training and I get this credential and then that's the service mm -hmm. and there's an identity with the training, but ultimately it, it is our authenticity. It is what, how, I mean, we are, we are the gift in a certain way, like showing up with maybe that presence or whatever it is to a person. And, and it's sort of invoking more of that in a person that I think is really rewarding and mm -hmm. fulfilling because mm -hmm. I think people really just, they want to experience more of themselves. Um, their authentic selves. Mm -hmm. Cause I know the times in my life that I've felt the most disempowered when I'm running these programs and I'm in mine, I'm not, wait a minute, this isn't even my belief or it's not even my, my thing. When I return back to this honesty and then the neutrality and um, yeah, like a, a connectedness to myself and then recognizing that myself is not just my personal, like I'm not here alone, just doing this alone. There's tons of, of resources and beings and, you know, just there's so much going on around us that we're not really alone. Mm -hmm. Agreed. <laughs> so anyways, <laughs> my sort of like mini integration of what you said. Uh -huh. um, do you want to add anything to yeah, that? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think the only thing I would say is, is there's a lot of elements in what you're saying. Like, yeah, we do, um, that, that self-empowerment piece is important, like going out and getting the degrees, if we feel that's relevant, or taking the programs, or doing the things, because that is part of our, that's part of the development. But if we're talking about the whole range of the 12 stages and getting into the higher stages, um, which everybody always wants to get to the higher stages, right? <laughs> what are we here for really anyways? Nature, right? yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it really, I mean, for me, it's, the, it's, it's been the realization that, that there isn't a me. And even to say like, oh, other beings or other things, like yes, from a certain place, but no, from another place. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like, where are you viewing from? Right. Right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, I think it's uh, a paradoxical dance, you know, because <laughs> from one perspective, you can say there's no me at all, but then there also, there also is from another vantage point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and the way that I experience like more the stage 11 or stage 12 is really the, not from a separate place of like me or even like me having to give a gift. It's just what's relevant, what serves. I see more what you're saying there. Uh -huh. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's really nice. And so this be this expression being whatever you want to call it will just show up as that. Mm. Yeah, I'm like getting more of the feeling of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Yeah, because perhaps it maybe it's not a thought that <laughs> exists <Right>. there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's cool. I love it. It's it's amazing work. It's um. Yeah, I think it. I, th- I think what there's a few people that I've heard talk about network, and Mara, who found you, she said like when she found you, it's like, um yeah so you know what i do oh that that weird magical <laughs> stuff on the table because i think one of paltrow um she did a mm-hmm. a show um what's her show goop lab yeah and then there's a guy on there who does mm-hmm. he's a network chiropractor mm-hmm. what's his name john amaral john amaral yeah mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a kind of a good way to sort of like go watch that episode and see a little bit about what network uh-huh. is like uh-huh. um and it's definitely worth experiencing. So for, for anyone out there who hasn't gone and tried it, I totally, totally <laughs> just recommend it personally. Um, yeah, it feels like we're, we're at a nice place to close. Do you, do you yeah. want to share anything else about um, yourself or we're going to have links for people to reach you? I would just say like, just in common to the last thing that you said, like uh, particularly like the Goop Lab uh, episode, there's, there's such a range of how people can respond on the table. And some people are, are very expressive and other people are an external and some people are more internal. And it's not so much about what it looks like. Sometimes we can kind of get deceived by appearances um, on a lot of levels, but you know, it, it really is about, about the awareness um, that you're, that you're coming to know yourself more. Um, and there is, you know, like in our, in our culture, in our world, we're not really used to, to kind of getting out of the way and allowing life to move through us. And that's what happens in network. Um, so it's like as we as we dismantle life life just is and it will move life is movement energy and and it will occur without a thought and so it's like some people are like oh but how can somebody move like that or how can somebody you know they're making that up or <laughs> people have all kinds of stories about stuff right but that is just what happens. That is what we all, that is, that is the nature of the universe to, to move. And um, again, when, when we are out of the way, then that can just nap, that life force can just naturally move. So. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. Mm-hmm. Cause I think some people could go out and witness that episode and gather all kinds of information or make a story about what it is. And mm-hmm. because it looks a certain way, mm-hmm. um, and so the experience is really, yeah, more telling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, thank you, Amanda. It's yeah. been such a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Look forward to more conversations in the future. They're always very rich. <laughs> I look forward to it, too. Awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. See ya. Okay, see ya. <laughs> <laughs>